Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Legends of Sports podcast. This is your co-host, uh, the OG Rob Silver. Today I am joined by a longtime uh, follower on Twitter. Both of us, we go back and forth all the time. Nothing but great and admir- uh, admirable respect for this uh, brother, Mr. Kobe Jackson. Kobe. How you doing? And today we're talking about the legendary Serena Williams. Definitely at the end of one of the greatest runs by any female athlete. She's 40 years old and she I don't think she played tennis at all in 2021. And I, and I felt for the last few years she should have retired. But you know what? When you've accomplished what she's accomplished, it's up to her. Uh, real quick, Kobe. Talk about when you first started watching Serena um, and your thoughts on the movie that just recently came out, King Richard starring Will Smith as her father, Richard Williams. Sir, hey, first off, salute to Mr. Robert Silver. And this is like getting that call up from the minors into the major league. Heavy work out here in these podcasts and airwaves. Big up, you, Mr. Silver. I, um, appreciate, I appreciate that, big man. And like sure. I tell everybody, for the first time, listeners, you're never going to hear another announcer, whether he's getting paid millions of dollars or somebody like me doing a podcast for free, break down somebody's career in music, boxing, or sports like me and my co-host. We break it down. We don't sugarcoat shit, and we don't use the media's propaganda against our legendary black athletes. We don't pay attention to that shit. We use our own eyes, and this would be the perfect. This would be the perfect example. Speaking of race, racist propaganda, I love the fact that Will Smith and the Williams sisters had total control, artistic control over this movie. You don't see that. You don't see that in black autobiographical pics. There was no white savior in this movie. (laughs) There was no white agenda, no white savior. The whites that were in this movie, just like in real life, were put in place, were put in their place by by Richard Williams. Uh, Kobe, talk about the movie, your thoughts, and then I will piggyback on what you think. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, just like you were saying, it's a great movie. Honestly, one of the best sports movies that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, focusing on the process by which a man, black man with a black wife, raises his family in an environment that a lot of us are familiar with, a tough environment, keeps his daughters on a path to greatness and doesn't break away from the blueprint. Stubbornness, the hard-headedness, all of these things that play into being a black man in America and trying to raise his children to be great, we see that. We see some of the things that manifested throughout the career of Venus and Serena Williams. For me, being a little bit younger, you know, I might not have been up on some of the tapes they got sent around, some of the flyers they got sent around, ways that he was trying to sell and market his daughters to these upper-class rich white folks that didn't want to imagine two black girls from the ghetto or from a lower-class environment being great in the sport, we really didn't have too much of a history in dominance. I mean, we had athletes like Arthur Ashe, but the two black females in that type of environment raised with a mother and a father it was a great movie. And I enjoyed it a lot. And Kind of seeing some things mm. online that had me a little bit pissed off too, though. But I don't got to get into that right now. About positivity right here. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Huh? I gave it five mics. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I love what you... Just to touch on what something you just said. Hmm? When he was first trying to get them a coach or a sponsor... These rich white people were laughing at him. Oh, you got you from where? You got two black. I, 
I never heard of them. We, we, they, they've never played at a country club? No, we're not interested. And he told them with all the confidence in the world, it's going to be the biggest decision you've regretted in your life. And the old guys, if they're still alive, they're kicking themselves in their fucking asses. All right. Um, <laughs> when he finally got to deal with the first coach, right? They left out a part in the in in what happened in real life. They left it out, and, and it's. I wish they would have showed it. I don't know if the actress was able to pull it off. Maybe that's why they didn't. Maybe they tried to shoot a scene. But the actress couldn't play it. Oh, by the way, the young ladies that played Venus and Serena were fucking right, right. phenomenal. They were oh, yeah. fucking phenomenal. All right. Shout out to Sania Sydney and Ebony Singleton. Ebony Singleton, who is tremendous in Godfather in Harlem as Forrest Whitaker, Bumpy Johnson's youngest daughter. She was tremendous yeah. as, as Venus. In real life, in real life, when that first coach agreed to coach them for free. Well, actually, he only agreed to coach Venus. He didn't want to coach Serena. He only wanted to coach one. The reason he wanted to coach Venus so quick wasn't the way they were hitting the ball. After they finished practicing, Venus started walking on her hands. You probably remember this video. She was walking flawlessly, effortlessly. Oh. On her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the coach was like, I think I've just found <laughs> the next Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. So that's where that line of the dialogue came from. Man. Yeah. It just didn't accompany. The they probably they probably tried to shoot the scene. And Will was probably like, no, nah, this young lady's going to hurt herself. Let's just improvise. Let's do something else. But that's what actually happened in real life. Venus was walking on her hand like, like she was walking with her legs. Un, you know, unreal. Unreal, and the coach was like, right. "Well, like how many?" He, he saw dollar sign, <laughs> but he wouldn't get with Richard's program. Richard mm -hmm. wanted his children to have normal lives, get great grades, have fun as kids before they turn pro. Finally, when they do turn pro, you see Venus give Arancha Vicaria Sanchez hell. In that smoke. match, smoke. Sanchez smoke. wins only because of experience. This is a 14 year old Venus. One of the greatest endings in any sports movie is Venus leaving the stadium and hundreds of black girls following her, chanting, Venus, Venus. That almost brought a tear to my eye, man. That was the All perfect right. ending to that movie. Right. Love this movie. I was heavily critical of Will when he played Ali. Will was oh. not authentic. <laughs> he was not authentic as Ali. He didn't have the mannerisms down. The right. accent sounded like a Philly dude trying to put on a Louisville accent. Right. In Steve this movie, yeah, in this movie, he had it. Richard's Louisiana accent down pat. He had Richard's facial mannerisms down pack he had his walking Walk. skate down pack <laughs> and when you see when he when he blasts the espn reporter for huh? for uh what's the word when you uh look down on somebody because he was looking right. down he was oh you say he was so so he was patronizing all right 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 he right. saw Why are you so confident when he it was almost word for word, and shout out to the actress. The Axenia captured Venus's smile and her confidence while Papa Richard was blasting the reporter. <laughs> Man, this for all for for all the uh, young black women out there, for the the parents that have young black women aspiring to be athletes, and today. You have more black athlete, more black female athletes than ever before. They're boxing, they're playing basketball, they're playing tennis. Look at all the young black stars in tennis today. Coco, Naomi, uh, uh, Madison, uh, what's the young Sloan Stevens? They're not around if it wasn't for Richard Williams. It would still be a lily white sport if it wasn't for Richard Williams because these girls looked at some. These Serena and Venus are like Allen right. Iverson was to the NBA. They 
they inspired a new generation of athletes, black athletes, hey, to you know perform at their own. One out there. Yeah. Going out there for you, brother. You said what well, Allen Iverson was to the NBA. I say Venus and Serena Williams are almost like what Roy Jones was to the current crop of boxers. But you know what? I think I think Floyd was more. I think Floyd was more. I think Floyd was more of a inspiration, and and um, mm-hmm. because you see a lot of fighters today, they 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 do the shoulder roll. The only oh, yeah. fighter, the only fighter I see that that can mimic Roy Jones style is a young female boxer named Alicia Bumgarner from Detroit. She's okay. got that. She's got that crab like style and the leaping left hook. You don't see any male boxers do that. But you see a lot of male boxers like Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, use the shoulder mm-hmm. roll and the, the the counter, the 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 pull, the the push, the the pull hook, mm-hmm. and, the pull and counter, the pull yeah, counter. Use that. So you see, Floyd is the most influential among young black boxers today. Like AI is look at all the point guards and two guards that have taken over the league. That's. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson's right there. And in tennis, right tennis Coco mm-hmm. Naomi is a hybrid of Serena and Venus. Right. And she is yeah. going to have yeah. all-time great careers. And her poise is incredible. So and that's all yeah. and just like Joseph Jackson with Michael and all the all the the, the young men growing up, white and black, that wanted to be like Michael, <laughs> right? You see that. Mm-hmm. With, with Venus and Serena, you see that with AI. And that's all because of Richard Williams who do his, who put who put his life on the line. You saw how he got yeah. fucked up by the gangbangers in Compton because they didn't want they, they wanted to hit on his daughter and he refused. They respected the him so much to the point where right. instead of fight with him, they defended his right to play in that court. No one could mess with the Williams sisters when they were playing tennis. That's how much they respected Richard Williams' fight for his daughter. Now, mm-hmm. on to Serena Williams' career. Early on, right. she struggled, but they were early in 1999, she was 17 years old, and it was, like a pass- it. it was like a passing of the guard. She beat Steffi Graf to win a major tournament early in 1999. Steffi retired right before the U.S. Open, after she lost at Wimbledon in the 99 final, Steffi Graf retired. She knew. She, she was only 30 years old, but she knew. She saw Venus. Pack it up. Serena. You know what? I've had, I've had many people consider me the greatest tennis player of all time. Let me go out on my shield. And let me start making some babies with Andre. All right? Pack it up. She packed it up. Pack it up. 99 U.S. Open. The Williams sisters are the talk of the world, okay? Uh, they are mowing down everybody. Now, growing up in New York City, there was a popular radio show called Mike and the Mad Dog. I believe they were syndicated throughout the entire country. 1999, they really showed, they used to show their ass all the, they used to show their racist side all the time. But, but since their listenership was probably 80 to 90% white, because WFAN, uh, WFAN, All Sports Talk Radio, has yet to have a prominent black host on that show. Uh, people talk about Bart Scott, Bart, Bart Scott. He lasted three months on that fucking station, right? I don't want to hear about Bart, Bart Scott. They had my man Tony Page, boxing guru. They used to bury him from 1 to 5 o'clock in the morning so no one, so no one could hear him, right? Other than that, they, didn't have, they still don't have any prominent black hosts in a city that is that in New York City where there's more black folk than white folk, all right? Come on. Stop the nonsense. Anyway, Mike Francesa made a statement that really, really, really doesn't make sense and shows his racism. What we got? Martina Hingis beats Venus Williams in the semis, and then Serena beats the hell out of Martina to win it all. 99? 99. Martina mm-hmm. Hingis loses to Venus. I mean, beats Venus and then loses to Serena. That's Saturday night. Serena wins. She's got the beat. She's jumping up and down. 
Loving it. Monday morning, one o'clock. <laughs> Mike Samando used to come on at one o'clock, one o five after the the sports update. Mando's like, hey Mikey, Mikey, what do you think? Mikey, Mikey, what do you think about the three uh, minutes? And Mike Francesa goes, oh well, uh, I don't think it was fair that Martina Hingis had to play both sisters back to back like that. What the fuck are you talking? <laughs> what kind of fucking logic is that? <laughs> I don't think it was fair for Martina Hingis to play Venus and Serena back to back. Yeah, make that make sense. Oh, make I don't sense. think I don't think it's fair that I got to go to work five days a week. What the fuck? This is sports. <laughs> These are athletes, top-notch athletes, getting paid all right, millions. All right. all right, who spent their whole life to get to the top. You're supposed to overcome any type of adversity. That was some racist bullshit. Oh, no. These are two black girls who inherently are stronger than this meek, white, young teenage girl. It's a gym. Why? why? (laughs) She shouldn't be allowed to play two black girls. No one else had to do that. Get the fuck out of here. Now that I've said my piece on that, talk about that final and where were you at the time and how did it make you feel? Because I tell you right now, when Serena finished off Martina, I was jumping up. Uh, my son was seven. He and I were high-fiving each other. Uh, my father had a big smile on his face, even though he couldn't talk because he had just uh, had surgery. And they removed his voice box. He had throat cancer. He would pass away less than a year later. But he had a big smile on his face. And my mother was like, wow, I love this. So, 99, I'm uh, I'm eight years old. Mm-hmm. My mom, my pops, my pops is from Detroit. My mom, born and raised Mississippi. She uh, migrated up north to Michigan. Her days as well. Where were you my living father, at? The- uh, at the time, I lived in Arizona. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Detroit okay. is always home, but, you know, mom and pops got us up out of there. So, All right, gotcha. Eight years old at the time, and my mom and my father might have split at an early age. But when any sporting event is going on, that's when it's family time. Me, mom, brother, pops. My dad was a fan of every sport: baseball, football, basketball, NCAA, college football, college basketball. You mentioned the era of the Williams sisters when they had the beef. That's the era right there where we're all coming of age as sportsmen. Right. US Open, even though I might not have known what was going on in tennis and my mother might not have been all that much of a tennis fan, my dad knew what was going on. He had the remote, he said, you know what, today we watch the tennis. Oh, why we watch the tennis? We watch the tennis because we see these two black women from I'm in California competing in this sport at the highest level. I might not have known how to score a tennis match. I might not have known who the hell Martina Hingis was at the time. But I'm going to keep it all the way real with you, Robert. All the way real with you. That final, mom, pops, they was invested in what was going on. Me and them excited about this tennis final. Me and my brother was locked in on that. When the match ends, you hear game, set, match. I had never seen anything like that. Being eight years old, all I really knew about tennis is that you hit a ball over the net and you're going back and forth. The thing that stuck out to me in my mind, and this is still something that sticks out to me with the sport of tennis right here, the level of conditioning, the level of athleticism, level of focus from one set to another, from one serve to another, there aren't too many sports that match that. Would you agree or disagree with that? Let me tell you something. If you want to stay fit, mm-hmm. if you want to stay in shape, the best mm-hmm. sport to participate in is tennis. Right. You know, I believe Alabama. that that is yeah. probably, of all the individual sports, boxing and tennis are probably the hardest because you have to be in incredible shape and your eye to hand reflex has to be unparalleled off the charts charts. so i agree with you a thousand percent you know 
and eight, 17 years old, to be 17 years old, playing up against best player in the world, quote unquote. Quote unquote, to, right. Mm -hmm. according, according to the rankings that, at the time, Hingis was oh number yeah. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, he was fooled. He was fooled on that tennis court. Like, there's nothing, there's certain times where you look at an athlete say, Ain't nobody taking it from them on this particular day or this particular night. There are certain times where you know that this particular athlete isn't leaving the court without the W. And 1999 U.S. Open Finals is one of the situations. He was fooled. Cooked food on that tennis court. Cooked. You know what I'm saying? Hey, a couple of years earlier, a couple in 1997, Venus made an incredible run and lost in the semifinals, and the media went up to Richard, and they all of a sudden now all of a sudden they like, oh, you've done a great job with her. Oh uh, uh, man, how does it feel to have a future superstar? And and Richard said, well, yes, she is, but <laughs> you haven't seen Serena yet. Serena will be the best of the two, and they laughed at, oh, how could somebody be better than? <laughs> A father knows his children, right? <laughs> so, right, right. but after winning this U.S. Open, she began struggling because Venus stepped her game up, and Venus won. Venus won Wimbledon and the U.S. Open in both 2000 and 2001, and three days before 9/11, in the most highly rated tennis match of all time, primetime television. September 8th, 2001, Venus beat Serena to win her second consecutive U.S. Open. And this was an incredible atmosphere. Uh, do you remember who sang the national anthem that night? No, I'm thinking, no, think, man, I'm no, I, I do everything off the top of my head. My yeah, gut yeah. tells me Aretha Franklin. I'm not <laughs> sure. But, I, but no, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, this is it. This is my memory, and I'm 53 years old, and sometimes I'm wrong. But it was somebody iconic that sang the national anthem that night because it was Black Night at the U.S. Open, right? It was Sisters Night at the U.S. Open. And Mike and the Mad Dog, once again, rearing their fucking racist head. Oh, oh it's boring watching them play each other. It's not like it's that. It's like they're not trying hard enough because they're afraid to hurt the other's feelings. Man, what the fuck are you talking what about? What are you talking about? Yeah, where, where, what's that? Where, where, where's that coming from? They had, they had it out uh, back in, I would say, somewhere sometime between 97 and 99. It probably happened around that, uh, maybe before Serena played in the finals. Mike and the Mad Dog tried to get Richie Williams on the program, and Richie, Richie Williams had heard through the grapevine what they were saying about his daughters and told their producer, get the fuck off my phone. Don't ever call me again. Right? Mm. Fuck you. I'm not coming on that racist ass show. Right? Richard was not to be played with. And they could never get, they were always, they were always prideful about having the greatest athletes on the number one sports talk radio program in the country. They could never get Venus and Serena. Right? And Mad Dog used to, and Mad Dog was mad when, on, on the radio one time. I used to, I used to practice with the Mikey. I used to practice with the Mikey. I used to practice, and now they act like I don't exist. <laughs> uh, uh, what did you fucking say about them? All right. Now all right. remember, there was the Indian Wells controversy. All right, and I don't know why it was controversial. Right. Um, around this time, they were supposed to play each other in the semis at Indian Wells. And Venus pulled out, said she was sick. Mike and the Mad Dog, especially Mad Dog, and the United States media, the entire tennis media, ripped them, saying that they should be suspended. This was a disgrace. Venus wasn't sick. Uh, this was Richard telling Venus it was Serena's turn. There, it, there was even they, they even had the nerve to say that Richard Williams decides who, play, who wins when Venus and Serena play each other. This is how oh, huge man. they were playing that race fucking car, right? Right. Uh, 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 who wins? Whoever Richard Richard decides. Get the fuck out of here, all right? So, Get so out of here. Ask you a quick, let me ask yeah. you a quick question here, right? So, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, 
do I do kind of remember Tiger Woods getting a lot of that same shit too. But you know what? Because he was because mm-hmm. he was humble <laughs> and soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Many times there there might have been criticism at the beginning, but they didn't rip him until uh oh, he yeah. cheated on his wife. Yeah, yeah. That's when they really ripped him and that bitch ass went and yeah. cried and apologized to the public. Man, be a fucking man. Right? Yeah, man. I got a sexual addiction. Motherfucker, <laughs> shut up. Like, I got like a second. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you, like Look, you like white women. <laughs> you like blondes with big titties and no ass. All right. Just tell them that's what you like. Let's right. stop this bullshit. All right. <laughs> I got a sex addiction. I need help. I'm going to see Kelsey. Uh, Motherfucker. Stop the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right? He was afraid of losing his endorsements, so Nike gave him a script and he and and he ran with it. Yeah. Man, I have no respect for Tiger Woods as man. a man. All right, man. Yep. Look, you man. cheated. You cheated on your wife. Look, Shaq got caught cheating against Shawnee. Oh. He fessed up. I said, "Yeah, I cheated on her. I, I, what can I do?" And he lost. He lost huge in the divorce. And I think they came to a compromise because Shawnee. Shawnee's a level-headed uh, a, a female. Yeah, yeah. So I think they, they settled that out of court because she knew that Shaq was going to take care of her for the rest of her life. She didn't have to take it there. But mm-hmm. uh, Shaq, didn't, Shaq didn't make any excuses. He fucked up, right? Like, <laughs> he got caught. That, what, what was he going to do? He didn't go on TV and cry. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Shawnee. I fucked <laughs> right, I didn't, right. I didn't need to. Uh, I just get horny all the time. I need help. No, no look, it happened, and then we keep it moving. Okay, and then this dumbass running around, you giving women the same phone number his wife has access to. I don't know what. <laughs> Tiger, Tiger grew up, you know, sheltered from the world by his parents, especially by his father, right. and he didn't know how to be a player. All right, how the fuck you use the same? Cell phone. Look at all these dudes, uh, 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 rappers and and baseball players. I mean, NBA ball players and football players. They got three, four phones, and they got their main dude holds the phone for their dude. <laughs> I was dating a girl back in nineteen, no, two thousand and one. I was dating this Dominican chick, this black Dominican chick who was twenty five. She went to Miami with her best friends. R. Kelly, saw her. R. Kelly saw her, and even though she was 25, she could pass oh, for 16, 17. She had a baby face, right? She looked very young. She had to be ID'd everywhere she went. R. Kelly mm. didn't approach her. He sent one of his hanger-ons yeah, yeah. to her and said, "Look, R. Kelly would like to know you. Would like to get to know you. Uh, can you can you give me his phone number? I'll, I'll, I'll save it on the phone." She was. She was like, she called me right away. What the fuck's wrong? I said, uh, Daenerys, look in the mirror. You look 16, 17. I was, I was, uh, 33 at the time. I took her to a concert and motherfuckers were looking at me like I was rocking the cradle. And I'm the same age as R. Kelly. All right. So R. Kelly saw her though and was like, damn, that's a, that's a 16 year old Hispanic chick with a fat ass. Mm." (laughs) So back, uh, so, Back to what I'm saying with Tiger Woods, he didn't have that. He had no, right. he had no street smarts. All, all his right, shit was right. books and golf, and he got caught. Yeah. So that yeah. when you ask about the media, they yeah. loved him because he, he was the per- he was the perfect black guy until right. he got he caught. Was, he wasn't you know? a threat. They didn't view him no, as he a was, threat. He was, he was the new OJ before the murders, right? Mm. Hey, hey, I like that. I like that. That's yeah, he was. he was. He was. He was. He yeah. was. Similar situation, except instead of kicking uh, his wife's ass, his wife kicked his ass. All right, back, <laughs> back to Serena. So uh-huh. Serena finally, at the 2002 Wimbledon, man, she finally beats. No, was it 2000? Yeah, 2000. Yep, was it 2002? Was it the U.S. Open? It was 2000. It was the U.S. Open, right? Oh no, was it the French oh, Open? Wimbledon. What the was French the? When did it when did it start that that the Serena Slam? Slam started, if I'm not mistaken, it started with the French Open. 
And then Wimbledon was right after that, a couple weeks after. Okay. Her her uh stretch happened at French. Mm-hmm. She won the French the Serena Slam is the French, Wimbledon US Open 2002, and the 2003 Australian Open. And mm. in each final, she beat yep. her sister. She beat Venus in every fucking final. Right, every right. final, she beat Venus. Venus wound up with only seven Grand Slam titles, five Wimbledon, two U.S. Opens. Imagine if there was no Serena. Oh, she, man. She would have had, she might have had more, more Grand Slam championships than Serena because Serena was the only one that could beat her back then. They were the two right. best tennis players in the world. And what, Mikey the Mad Dog? Oh, Mike. Mikey! Mikey! It's boring! I don't even watch it! Now, Mad Dog was a huge tennis fan. He used to always talk tennis on the show when he could. When it came to U.S. Open and Wimbledon, he loved talking tennis because he played tennis. Tennis was probably his favorite sport because he didn't know shit about the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball. He claimed he did. That motherfucker knew shit about sports, all right? Francesca knew his shit when it came to sports, but he was very judgmental and you see the racism came out of Mike Francis. Yeah, Fuck that guy. They're Fuck going, oh, guy. oh, it's boring. Look, was it boring every year Michael Jordan was in the NBA Finals? Was it boring every year Bird and Magic in the 80s were playing each other in the Finals? You pick and choose what you think is boring? Mm-hmm. It's boring because mm-hmm. two black girls from Compton, California are killing everybody and are playing each right. other? And Serena is so great. That she's beating her sister, who no one else could beat. That's how great Serena was. This was right. Serena. And this is, and this this is, is New York. My bad, brother. Yeah, this no, no. Uh, uh, York, let's, go ahead, go ahead, baby. Right? Yeah, and which this was syndicated. It was syndicated across the country. Right. So, yeah. like, did they have them same kind of opinions and views in the nineties when the Yankees went on? That We're winning run? every year. Oh, and Francesca was the biggest Yankee fan. You ain't hear him go, "Oh man, it's I don't want. I don't want." <laughs> In, in in 2000, when they won their mm-hmm. fifth, they won their fifth of uh, 96-94, fourth four series five. in five years. Four out of five. Yeah. Two, and, and, and they beat the Mets, right? My Mets. Yeah. They beat the Mets. You didn't hear Francisco go, oh, man, this is boring. The Yankees mm-hmm. win every year. The next year, when they lost to the Diamondbacks in 2001, he was crying on the radio. He was hurt. He was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. He was fucking hard. It, it, was like, it was like his father died. Come on, man. It's fucking sports, man. What the fuck? Right? And yet, mm-hmm. he's got the nerve. Him and Mad Dog got the nerve to say that Serena and Venus. Boring. Oh, boring. Now, at the 2002 U.S. Open, Serena mm-hmm. comes out with the cat suit, and God damn. <laughs> God, this is, she's at the, at this point in time, she's a month, she's two or three weeks, yeah, she's a month before her 21st birthday. And I ain't never seen a woman built like that. And um, man, I have dated big booty women my entire life. She was the total pad. 20 years old, she had man. the perfect body. You know what the hell Mike Frances had nerve to say? Because Ma- Mad Dog was like, I can't believe she's wearing that cat suit. They should ban that. <laughs> Come on, Mikey. Mikey, why are they not allowing her to wear that cat suit? Mikey. And then Frances goes, I don't have a problem with the cat suit. <laughs> Only problem not. I had. Now, uh, is you know, it's it's not appealing to me. Uh, if Anna Konnikova were now, that that would be appealing to me. Anna Konnikova with her no flat ass. The fuck are you talking about? If Anna Konnikova wore a cat suit like that, I'd fucking vomit. Anyway, uh, Serena ends her slam. At the 2003 Australian Open, uh, mm-hmm. she loses to Justin Hennon, Justine Hennon, in the 2003 Wimbledon semis. And, and, and one of the deciding points of that match was Justine Hennon acted like she was calling timeout when she went to serve, hit the ball, and, sur- and the, 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 the umps and the, the line judges let it go. It'd be the first of several times Serena would get cheated. Oh, yeah, they ran a little trick play. All right. Yeah, they they ran a trick play. Uh, Serena would win, I believe, 
yeah, she won the 2003 Wimbledon, if I'm not mistaken. And then they both pulled out of the U.S. Open in 2003. They were criticized. They, they were like, oh, they're at the MTV Awards. Not the MTV Awards. They're at the ESPN Awards shaking their asses. And now they, oh, they, man. they, they man. And then <clears throat> tragedy strikes. And their sister gets, uh, Yatende gets murdered um, outside of a crack house where her and her boyfriend were just sitting in the car talking. She gets murdered on a drive-by and for the next four years, Serena is not the same person and they never talk about this, right? right? They never talk about this. The effect that your older sister dying, uh, as you saw in the movie, and you didn't have to see in the movie, you knew just by following Richard, Venus, and Serena, how exactly tight the girls, they were a close-knit family. Even after he divorced the mother, the family stayed tight. The The girls would always go everywhere to go, together. Yatende was like their caretaker. She'd go everywhere with them. Uh, while the other sisters were working, she would go with Venus and Serena, but she stayed in Compton because she was a nurse, and she didn't want to leave the community. She was a community leader. Right. She gets she gets murdered, and Serena, both Serena and Venus, go on a drought. A two thousand. No, here, here come the racism again. Uh, two thousand. Oh, before that, that before yeah. that, two thousand four <laughs> Wimbledon finals. Serena versus. Maria Sharapova. At this point in time, you're 13 years old. You, did you watch that match live? And what was your thoughts as Serena just got her ass handed to by a 17-year-old in Sharapova? Well, me, this is around the time when I really started getting heavy in the boxing. Right. And was a heavy basketball fan. But I do remember... My mother telling me this, because, you know, we watch Sports Center just about every day of the week. I do mm-hmm. remember my mom telling me this in relation to what was going on with Serena Williams and tennis. In my mother's mind, seeing her lose and seeing the things that were being said about her, I remember her telling me, son, they think they got her. They think they got her. They think that they found one. Your mother was so prophetic because the Monday morning <laughs> USA Today sports headline said said Maria Sharapova, the new queen of tennis. What the fuck? <laughs> Serena had just won the Serena Slam a year prior. Was the defending Wimbledon champion. Yes, she got beat and she was handily. Matter of fact, Richard walked out halfway through the match. And they were asking Richard, why are you walking out? I said, Serena doesn't have it today. She's not winning. Richard just walking. Father knows, right? Serena was not on her A game. She lost to Sharapova. Your mother hit the nail on the head because mm-hmm. the USA Today said, mm-hmm. a couple of days after your mother told that to you, that they found they won, mm-hmm. Sharapova, the new queen of tennis. Huh? Huh? 2004 U.S. Open quarterfinals, Serena gets robbed against Jennifer Capriotti. There was two or three calls that were in that they called out, and she lost to Capriotti in a huge upset, and Serena went off at the press conference. She was like, this is bullshit, and Serena not one to mince words. Right. She would lose lose to Sharapova at the year-end WTA championships, where she injured one of her shoulders and basically played the last two sets after winning the first set with one shoulder, lost to Sharapova. But she would get her revenge two months later. 2005 Australian Open in the semifinals, her and Sharapova play an incredible epic match. Uh, If you guys can find it, YouTube Serena versus Sharapova uh, 2005 Australian Open. Uh, this was uh, Serena at her absolute best. Um, no, I think I got it wrong. I don't think it was 
It wasn't. I th- what, no, I think it was. A, was it Lindsay Davenport? Yeah, it I don't think it, it was Davenport. Davenport. She had to come back and she beat Davenport in the semis. No, who did she beat in the finals? It was Sharapova in the semis. It was that. So okay, and then she played Sharapova in the finals, and she smoked her ass. Right, right, right. More food, more food. <laughs> now back to Serena and uh, 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 Venus being talked about. Mm-hmm. No matter of fact, I was correct. I was correct. She beat Sharapova, and I was right. She beat Sharapova in the semis in an incredible match. She smoked oh, Davenport, Davenport. Finals. Yeah. She smoked Davenport was a huge favorite going into that finals because people thought even yeah, though Serena was, was only Serena was only 23 years old, they thought the yeah. the Williams sisters were done. She smoked Davenport in the finals. It was a mismatch. Now, right before that final, Mike and the Mad Dog, now they had on the Yes Network, the home of the Yankees. They had their show syndicated on cable television throughout the United States on the Yes Network. And they were commenting while doing the replays. This is Francesa. Uh, 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 Mad Dog, you see her. She's fat. She's overweight. Uh, 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 She's not in great condition. I'm surprised she won this match. Serena wore these tight white shorts, and you know how fat her ass was. That was the only thing fat on the fucking screen. She didn't have, she never had a gut. What the fuck? Because a, a, a black woman has a fat ass, she's fat. More racist propaganda. But she smoked Davenport, and but now injuries catch up, and she's still suffering the effects of her older sister getting murdered. Well, let me that, ask you a quick question. Go ahead. So, talking about the injuries, and this is something I think it's important here. When you're the kind of athlete that is always in physical condition, you're always working towards maintaining that peak. And not only that, but when you're competing, you're competing at 100 miles an hour. There's mm-hmm. no let up from a serve to a forehand to a backhand, none mm-hmm. of that. So while, like you were saying, she's only 23 years old, physicality involved with maintaining such a high standard of performance. And yeah, there's going to be some wear and tear physically, but the off-the-court issues weigh probably just as heavily as mm. the physical issues, right? It's a combination of both. Her sister dying and her nagging injuries that are keeping her off the tour. Uh, Venus wins the 2005 Wimbledon, but then she starts suffering injuries, and they're both out for periods of time. And, and People are like, oh, Serena's too busy acting and, 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 and Venus is modeling with her clothing line and they're spending too much time with extracurricular activities. Uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, but these young women will not be playing tennis for their entire career. They need to have something to fall back on after they retire. They're not here for your total enjoyment and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Venus makes a comeback, though. She wins 2005. Wimbledon. She wins 2007 and 2008 Wimbledon. Okay. Now Venus is back on top and people are wondering what's up with Serena? Because in 2008, Venus beat Serena in the Wimbledon finals. And I remember how frustrated Serena looked because she really, really wanted to win that match and she didn't. Right. She did right, not. Man. She was real frustrated. Man. And so... My mom, go ahead. my mom said, this is the comeback right here. My mom is like, Venus, big sis is back. He's back. <laughs> and in 2008, that would be the last time Venus would win a major because uh, Serena went on. She won the 2009 Australian Open. And she won... Well, before that, before that, after she lost to... After she lost to uh, Venus at the 2008 Wimbledon, it was the 2008 U.S. Open that was the resurrection of Serena's career. You remember in the semifinals, her and Venus put on a show. Mm-hmm. They put, it was an incredible match. 
2008 semifinals, Venus versus Serena. Serena beats Venus, goes to the final. I think she played Jankovic, however you say her name. And while Jankovic gave her all, she go fuck with her. Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. No, that was 2009. My bad. Wait a minute. I'm trying to think. 2008. No, she won the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. She beat Jankovic in 2008. Wins the U.S. Open. And, and, and that's the final where Serena, after she won, she jumped up and down like the moon because it was her first major that she had won that was not the Australian Open since 2003. 2003? Mm-hmm. Because she won 05, 07. She won Australia. She didn't win Wimbledon. She didn't win the U.S. Open. And she didn't win the French. Those three, those, those, those right. years. So it, was, it was a little yeah. bit of a drought. A little, little yes. Drought. A little yeah, drought. but. Not, not much, but a little drought. She won, she, won a two, she won the 2009 Australian Open. She lost in the French. And then finally, she beats Venus in the 2009 Wimbledon final. And that's the passing of the torch now. Venus, that's it for Career-wise, she winds up getting sick. Years later, she gets lupus. Venus was never again a factor after losing to Serena at the 2009 Wimbledon final. But Serena continues this incredible run. I want you to talk about Serena's career after 2009. Remember, she has the blood clot. Um, was that 2010? And she had to take a sabbatical again from ten. Yeah, that was twenty ten. Yeah, and she had so, and yep. Once it, if it wasn't for injuries and her and her man. sister's death, Serena would have had 30. thirty grand slams. Never mind twenty three. Yeah. Thirty. <laughs> so, so during my high school years is when Serena Williams was everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. I'm saying commercials, sports center. Highlights, I think, going along the lines of what you said, this is absolute peak. The profile as well as the skills on the tennis court lined up, mm-hmm. it just didn't, it wasn't prolonged the way that we probably would have liked it to be prolonged. Blood clots, injuries, some of the off the court endorsements, I think she might have popped up on a couple TV shows and everything. Yeah, like uh, 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 she was in a couple of movies. She was on several TV shows. I know she did My Wife and Kids uh, uh, episode. The game. Yeah. yeah, The Game. Yeah, yeah. She wanted to be an actress. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. she was dating at one point around this time. She was dating the director of the Rush Hour movies and Money Talks, Brett Ratner. Um, oh, wow. wow. Yeah, she, was try- she was trying to get into movies, and um, it came out yeah. years later. She w- she was using his ass and. He even yeah. said so. He even said so. He was like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, for the record, man, fuck Brett Ratner. Yeah, fuck, fuck that, that motherfucker. Anyway, back, back, back to but, her uh, career. I, I forgot to, yeah. I failed to mention this. Did you ever see, it was either November or December of 2004, ESPN had a special where they had four athletes, Derek mm-hmm. Jeter, Michael Jordan, Warren Sapp, five, 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 Warren Sapp, Charles Barkley, and Michael Jordan. It was Jordan, Barkley, Jeter, Warren Sapp, and Serena on a panel where they were interviewing each other and talking about the trials and tribulations of being a superstar athlete. One guy didn't belong. One guy didn't belong on that panel, right? You got four icons. <laughs> Warren Sapp's a Hall of Fame player, yes, nah, but nah, he's not a pitbull nah. on them other four guys' asses, right? Okay. Not at all. Not at all. So. Doing this in the, and I have it on videotape. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. but check out how Jeter and Jordan are flirting with Serena throughout the entire episode. At one point, Jordan talks about how much he admires Serena because mm-hmm. uh, before Serena came into women's athletic, you never saw a woman. Uh, Built like Serena. Look at her. <laughs> and he wasn't lying. I he mean, wasn't look. Lying. He, he was, wasn't lying. He was. He was openly fl- and 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 she uh, she smiled and and blushed. You could tell that 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 that, that, that really that that really hit on her. Uh, 
Mike, I hope you got some of that afterwards, all right? Because it would have been well worth it. Anyway, back, 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 back to uh, two times. She has the clot, uh, the blood clot, and it takes her a few years. I mean, she loses a couple of uh, Grand Slam finals. She's not all, she's not all the way there yet, even though she's still winning. I remember she lost to uh, Samantha Stalser, who's not a pimple on Serena's ass, but Stalser was hungry and determined. And Serena was still not hundred percent, right, and right, right. Stalser beat her ass. But it was. What year was it? 2012 U.S. Open that she finally turned it around. It was, it was a 2012 U.S. Open. She came yeah, back yeah. and won the two. And now, from 2012 to 2017, Serena goes off. From 2012 to 2017, we're talking from the 2012 Wimbledon. To the 2017 Australian Open, she right. won. She won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Grand Slams. She's on, she's completely healthy. She would have won more, but she got pregnant right before the Australian Open. And when she won the Australian Open, I believe she was six weeks pregnant, six to eight weeks pregnant when she won the 2017. Australian Open, which was her last major championship. Uh, right, and you kind of. I think gotta, I think she should have retired right then and there. Because after she had her baby, now she's had success and she's made several finals, but she hasn't been mm-hmm. able to get that twenty-fourth Grand Slam that she's dying to get to tie Margaret Court. She's stuck at twenty-three, and she's going to be twenty-three for the rest of her career. She's never winning another major. She's not. She yeah, lost to Sloan Stevens. Uh, Naomi Osaka has destroyed her a couple of times. Man. Right? I mean, and, but... I mean, and, and, go ahead. Well, no. What I was going to say is, like, you know, leading up to this point in, in 2017, to this current kind of time that we're in now, it's arguable that there's three different primes. And we had the Serena Slam, where yep. she was winning... Every Grand Slam without 2002, losing a single... 2002 to 2003. Without losing a set. Mm-hmm. Like, not only are you winning all of these events, but tennis isn't the kind of sport where... And she's beating her sister. Person. And yeah. she's beating her sister <laughs> who, at yeah. this point in time, you can, you can make an argument that these yep. are the two greatest tennis players in the history of women's tennis. And she's right. beating her number two opponent Every convincingly time. all four times. Yep. And then, you know, you got the you got that mid two thousand era where, you know, the injuries and some of those off the court mm. things are going on, but still winning. Then you have Cole right before and right, because right before the blood clot, she mm. was dom- she was dominating. Smoking. Um Smoking. the one thing that people were pissed off at her about was mm. uh you remember the the when she got suspended and she lost a match with a foot fault and arguing with the umpire and they ripped her. The media ripped her. Oh, right. she's arrogant. Motherfucker, you loved it when John McEnroe did it for years. When Jimmy <laughs> Connors did it, they were colorful. When Serena Williams does it, oh, bad sportsmanship. Man, get the fuck. Always. Yeah. Always. That's, that's always the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that goes without saying. That's every sport. It's about every sport. You got fucking Conor McGregor. They treated him like he was sliced bread, but you know Floyd was the bad guy anyway. Fuck, fuck <laughs> Conor McGregor, because he almost blinded a female MMA fighter, Word. and the media has Word. yet to take him to task for it. He's the Word. biggest racist piece of shit out there. Right. Fuck him. I hope one day that he's the first guy to die in a UFC ring. I will love it. Fuck him. And, and going even even one further, we had Ronda Rousey never touch gloves with an opponent, talk shit before the fight, after the fight, but that was passion, that was aggression, that was the spirit to win. But you know, Serena Williams was a poor sport and arrogant and all of that. But you know, Rob, you already know what that's about. Okay? You already mm-hmm. know. What that's oh, we about. we know, we know a thousand percent. So but, her career. Is but you say you so you have the three go back you were saying you got well, yeah. the two thousand two, like, two yeah right she's had three careers early, 
Yep. Mm-hmm. We got the early 2000s era. We got the mid 2000s. Then we have 2012 to 2017, where it's like her as a veteran, but really still the best in the world. Like my Let me tell you something. You, those three eras, those mm-hmm. the, the the era, 2002 to 2003, and mm-hmm. 2009 to 2010 before the blood clot. No, actually, it was 2008 to 2010 before the blood clot. Right. And 2012 to 2017. Right. Those are three different Serena eras that you're saying. And mm-hmm. all three of those versions of Serena are the three greatest female tennis players that ever lived. <laughs> she had three different yeah. careers, and all three times yeah. she was unbeatable. Right. And not for nothing, but tennis needed that. The sport of tennis needed that. Like like Rich like Richard Williams said back in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Well, like Richard Williams said back in two thousand one. Well, and God bless Richard Williams. He's docile and very sick and could pass any time. He's had multiple strokes, so you you don't hear him speak anymore. Well, God bless the brother because he did a phenomenal job raising those, th- these girls to become the greatest tennis players of their era of any era. Um, he said in two thousand one. That tennis needed the Williams sisters more than the Williams sisters needed tennis because I agree. When you watch tennis, well, he said when you watch tennis at that point in time, there was only three people they cared about in 2001. That was the Williams sisters and Andre Agassi. He said, as great as Pete Sampras is, nobody gives a fuck about that boring ass milk toast motherfucker, which is true, which is true. Sampras was great, <laughs> but he was milk toast. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, those three eras were tremendous, and mm-hmm. you could make it. You could make an argument. Those uh, three eras of Serena Williams, she can't be beat. And then you throw in 2001-2002 Venus, and that's four mm-hmm. eras of Williams sisters that, other than each other, no one else in the history of the sport could have right. beat. Now, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, I was just gonna say, like, I think that's where things kind of get a little bit distorted. Like, he takes, not we, not me and you, not us who actually know what's going on, but in general, the media takes for granted how great some of these athletes are and how long they're able to be great. 2021, and it's arguable that Serena Williams just fell off within the last five years. We're talking about 20 I was known. The last four then. years, we're talking... Um... She, oh, yeah. from 1999 mm-hmm. to 2017, that's 18 years, give yeah. or take of five years. You could subtract four or five years from injuries, mm-hmm. the blood clot, her, her sister dying, all right? Mm-hmm. So the majority of that time, she was the number one tennis player in the world. Uh, right. uh, not even Martina Navratilova had that long of a stretch where she dominated the sport like Serena Williams did. Uh, Chrissy Everett. No. Steffi Graff retired at 30, so no. Monica Sellers was stabbed and had to end her career early, so no. Serena. And with that, I ask you a question I ask everybody that I have on the show. A top five. Since 1999, 2000, when you really started getting into sports. So let's just say for the last 20 years, who, in your opinion, are the five greatest female athletes of the last 20 years. Don't take anything before 2000, 2001 into consideration, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking the five greatest female athletes of the 21st century, all right? Your top five, and we let's start from number five, work your way up to number one. Number five up to number one, I got to say Marion Jones. I know what she did. I know that she cheated. I know she took the fall. A lot of people were cheating in sports in the year. I fucking loved Marion Jones. Right? Marion Jones. Marian 2000 Olympics. Jones. She was the star. She was the star. Man. She was the star Man. of the 2000 Olympics. All right. The I, whole media yeah. was on her. They were on her sweet ass. They loved her. Man. Right. And then when Man. the steroids came out, all of a sudden she was public enemy number one. Oh, yeah. And, she was a fall and, guy. And she was blackballed from the world mm-hmm. of sports. They don't even talk about her anymore. People oh, forget. In 2000, Marion Jones was the most popular 
female track star since Flojo in 1988. Hey, and oh goodness, like my aunt was in the hospital during that time, and uh, during that time frame of the Olympics in 2000. So we're at the hospital hours on end, and every break coming back from NBC, you're seeing Marion Jones out there getting busy. You know what I'm saying? I can't take what she did as an athlete away from her. She had to be a great athlete in order to be in the position she was in to begin with. With or without she. Sorry, Marion Jones. She would be higher on the list, but just based off of what we know with the performance enhancing drugs, I'll say number five. Number four. Number four is I'm not really an MMA type fan like that, I'll say Amanda Nunez just off of the strength of fighting. I'm a combat sports fan. Gotcha. The physical, the physical art of fighting another person is one of the hardest things anybody can do in all of athletics. UFC, quote unquote, is the highest caliber of mixed martial arts and Amanda Nunez has smoked everybody they done put her in that cage with. Off the strength of that, number four. Number three. Number three is Clarissa Fields. Easily. Clarissa Fields. And it pisses me off, Robert, that the boxing media kind of blackball her the way that they cover her. The way that they cover hey, her, the way that they hey, talk about and, her. And she doesn't get the money she deserves. Not at all. Not at she all. had to go to MMA to get uh, more money, and she's jeopardizing her career because one injury to a shoulder or her leg in MMA and that's right. it for a fight career. You don't come back from an injured shoulder or a broken leg where she could easily suffer inside the octagon. So so before I move on to you know top two, which we already know, like mm-hmm. with Larissa Shields, if I'm not mistaken, in boxing, she's been an undisputed champion in every weight class that she's fought in from 168 pounds 154 pounds, don't, correct? And don't forget, multiple gold medal winner in the Olympics. Oh, man. Man. Um, the last the last American-born amateur boxer to win an Olympic gold medal is Clarissa Shield from Michigan? Come on, man. If she wasn't black, if Clarissa Shield happened to be any other ethnicity, she'd be on Wheaties boxing. The Ronda Rousey court, Look, they're making... They're filming a movie on her life. Orion mm-hmm. Destiny is playing her. There's no mm-hmm. hype about it. There's no hype about it at all. Right. And that's bullshit. And, you know, Ring Magazine doesn't have her pound for pound number one. But the, you know, the number one rated woman in Ring Magazine has only been undisputed champion in one weight class. But Clarissa, come on. All right, and, and, bad, and, and go with your two. Go go with your top two. Go ahead, number two. Number two, Venus Williams. Number one, Serena Williams. Well, that makes sense. Venus, in the 21st century, has won seven Grand Slam, five Wimbledons, two uh, U.S. Opens. She would have won more, but she lost several times to Serena. And mm-hmm. Serena, in my opinion, he she's number your number one. one. She's your number. In my Absolutely. opinion, she is the greatest female athlete. In the history of the planet, period. I'm right there with you. The only person that I think would have had a shot at supplanting her is never going to supplant her, and that's Gabby. Uh, I think Gabby's uh, mental issues will prevent her from dominating gymnastics like she was about to. Uh-huh. She was about to go uh-huh. on a Serena type run. Still, you could make an argument she's the greatest gymnast of all time. But yeah. she no, she's no longer in consideration for the greatest female of athlete of all time. That's one person, one person only, and huh? it's going to take a Herculean effort for anybody to unseat Serena Williams as the GOAT female athlete of all time. What do you think about that? Oh, I agree with you on that. Like, with this, and that, that's factoring in everything. That's factoring in the pressure to perform. That's factoring in the pressure from media, competing with your own sister that's mm-hmm. almost as good as you are, all the bullshit that comes along with being a celebrity, without a doubt, Serena Williams is the greatest female athlete ever. I don't think 
I'm, I'm only 30 years old, but I don't think I'm going to go the rest of my life being able to see a female athlete perform at that level consistently on that, on that level. I don't think that's going to happen, Robert. Like you said, Kobe, she dominated three different eras. Mm-hmm. Three different times she came back she came back twice from major mm-hmm. injuries. She almost she almost died with that blood clot and came back and had the biggest run of her career in her 30s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In her 30s. And, and on top of that, you never heard any with the physique that she had, the physical presence of Serena Williams. You never once heard her name get thrown in any. Do you know that she, do you know that she was PED tested more than any other athlete in history of tennis? Well, there you go. <laughs> they used to. They used. She. She was a complaint because they would come to her house at seven o'clock in the morning, and when they knock on your door, you have to answer. You can't mm-hmm. say you're busy or whatever, because they'll use that as a negative. They'll. They'll use that excuse as a negative result. She would mm-hmm. open the door, take a test, and then go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Not one time did she have a negative result. Oh, Maria Sharapova, your supposed queen, failed multiple. <laughs> failed multiple tests. And cocaine, right? This is your supposed queen, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And by the way, uh, I believe after Serena lost that match to Sharapova at the 2004 uh, WTA Championship Final, she never lost again to Sharapova. I think she's beaten her 21, 22 straight times since then. She's never again lost to Sharapova. Mm -hmm. She might lose to Sharapova now if they play. I don't even know what... I don't even know what Sharapova. Sharapova might be in, in 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 her mansion somewhere out in Eastern Europe, snorting cocaine right now. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> but she never again beat Serena because right. when Serena had it out for you, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. She was she was the Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali of tennis because when they wanted to win in their prime, there was nothing you could do to beat them. Huh? Man. That's some good, good shit right here. This shit right here. Yeah, All right, so. big man. So I'm going to wrap this up. I want to thank my co-host for this episode as we gave an incredible breakdown of the legend, Serena Williams. Man, uh, I appreciate you calling me, brother. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. I will, have you, I, will, right I will have you back on. Um. Whatever after you want to discuss, you let me know, and I'll have you back on. Um, next sure. week, next week we will, uh, me and my co-host, whoever that might be, depending on the schedule, will be talking either Ed Reed or Kobe Bryant next week on this podcast. I want to thank the listeners again uh, for listening, and and um, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast because I enjoyed the hell out of doing this show with my man Kobe. Kobe. Yes, uh, where are you living right now, big man? Uh, right now, I'm living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh-huh. I did my I did my four years active duty in the Air Force. I'm in the reserve here out of Minneapolis. I work at a hospital up here. I'm saying me and wife trying to make some things happen. You know, the Midwest was always home, so had to had to bring it back full circle, brother. I believe, hey, hey, uh, bless to you and your lady, bless to your entire family, bless to your parents because they did a hell of a job making you aware of our people's past and what we have to face and obstacles. And you're a military veteran, so yes, you 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 could tell the bullshit a mile away because every <laughs> every black veteran that I've known in my lifetime will tell you how full of shit. The U.S. military is, and you, you you could confirm it right now and tell us. <laughs> we are look, ain't nothing new under the sun. Ain't nothing new under the sun. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's Legend of Sports. <laughs>